Hello and welcome to another edition of the Chalk and Cheese Show. Wednesday already, it's come around so quick. And I know I say it every single week. I am DJ Casper. And as always, I am joined by DJ Charcoal. Now we have two special guests uh, with us tonight. One is London-based DJ Alexandra. And we have the fantastic John Anthony, who is an actor, screenwriter, and a producer joining us all the way from the USA. Now, for people that don't know who we are, um, I'd be very surprised if people don't know who we are by now, but we are the Chalk and Cheese Show, and we do this each and every Wednesday, bringing you the freshest guests from around the globe. Um, just gonna, we conduct some interviews, get to know a little bit about themselves, and um, yeah, that's what we do. That's exactly what we do. Now, it was a bit, I've had a bit of a weird afternoon today because uh, I've already been interviewed once. Yeah, I've been interviewed. <laughs> I represented the Chalk and Cheese Show um, this afternoon. It was a US-based podcast, um, so I've already um, already been interviewed today. So now I feel a bit more comfortable asking the questions rather than answering the questions. Um, yes, I'm going to talk about myself just for two minutes or so. I've had a bit of a nightmare weekend, obviously being bank holiday weekend in the UK. Had a bit of a situation with a soap dispenser yesterday in work. Um, yeah, ended up getting a little bit pink eye, um, which I'm really not happy about. But at least the bubbles are gone now and my eyes stopped weeping. Then to top it off, yeah, I almost chopped the top of my finger off. But anyway, anywho, let's get on with the show. Um, DJ Charcoal, how are you tonight, mate? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, it's Wednesday. Wow. And um, we've been waiting to uh, get these two guys on. And just if it's your first time today um, listening, you can go over to our website to catch all the replays of all of our interviews that we've had. And also we are going live off Facebook. Um, so if you type in your search engine, you type in, all you need to type in is uh, at the chalk and cheese show and basically you see our ugly faces on there well not these two guys um mine so and caspers sorry um yeah so getting back to your question mate it's been crazy um i am going on holidays in a couple of weeks um off to spain so i'm gonna relax and just leading up to that it, it it's always hectic. You know, when you're just about to fly, you have to make sure everything's all in place, ready to go just before you leave. And you kind of always forget something. But um, I don't know. I'm just one of those people that just just rolls with it. If I forget something, well, I've forgotten something. Um, I don't really care. But, uh, you know, when you're living in a family full of, our, full of kids, um, there's bound to be some hiccups along the way. So... Anyway, enough of my life, and like Casper said earlier on, we've got um, John Anthony, and who we're going to be interviewing first, and then we'll move across to um, the lovely, I'm going to call you lovely Alex tonight. Um, so, John, yes, look, we had a tiny introduction um, just before we came live on air. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, just for so the listeners listeners can know, um, you know who you are, and um, yeah, tell the listeners if you can, please. Okay. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, so basically, um, I'm an uh, independent filmmaker, uh, actor, writer, and director. Um, I've written close. Uh, actually, I'm on my 17th short film that I've written. Uh, written two screenplays. I've got two more in the works. So, um, also a full-time teacher. 
so when I'm not teaching, I'm writing and doing my acting gig and, um, you know, doing the best I can to uh, put films out there. And um, also, you know, if, if my agent finds me something, go on an audition and hopefully book a role and, and um, do some acting out that way as well. Brilliant. And um, I've just been kind of looking at your bio, um, you know, like we do every single person that we have coming on. And you, um, you do a lot of short films. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a, like kind of a preference? I, I can see a preference there. Or is it just obviously the work that's coming forth to you? Um, you? You just tend to kind of gravitate towards the short films. And to be honest with you, <laughs> for me, I would probably prefer a short film. There's, I don't know, I'm, maybe I'm being naive. I, I find that get it done, get out. You know, it's kind of like, a, you know, I, I've done so many short films and then I think it was probably after like my 10th or 11th short film, I wanted to kind of branch out to um, branch out to start writing, you know, fe- full feature length films. And um I really kind of got started um, in one of my acting classes um, from a good friend of mine um, who's a working actor. Um, his name is Glenn Morshower, and he hosts the Extra Mile Workshop, which I've been um, a part of for, for many years and learned so much from him. And he actually encouraged us as actors to go ahead and go ahead and start writing stuff. You know, you could write your own scenes, you know, so like, let's say if you and I were paired up for, for a class, you know, we could have maybe a scene from a movie, a TV show, but if you wanted to write something, he always gave you the option. If you want to write something, feel free to write something. So the very first thing I wrote in class, um, I had the opportunity to perform it with a extremely talented actress. And, uh, when we got done, um, he had asked, you know, where it came from. And I said, well, I wrote it. And he's just like, wow. Okay. Um, and then after class, I had a friend of mine and um, he was talking about, you know, hey, we could turn this into a short film. So he took one of the very first things that I wrote, put it in a short film. Um, and then uh, all I really did was, you know, write it and then uh, acted in it and he filmed it and he kind of got me hooked on, hooked on the bug of just, you know, writing scenes and stuff like that. And then um, a lot of the scenes I started to write, I, I would come home and I'd sit and I think, you know, can I make this into a short film? And, you know, there were some that I was like, yes, I can. And then there were some like, you know, um, now nah, maybe this would be very good. And so I just kind of started, you know, probably like in 2018, I think was my first one. And, um, you know, I, I just got this writing bug. And then I just, you know, I next thing I know, I got two or three short films done in a year and putting those out. And then I, you know, would submit them to festivals and see how they would go and, and so forth. And then about, uh, I guess it was like maybe 2019. Um, I wanted to get thought, I always had an idea of writing a, a full length feature. And I had this story that I wanted to have. And, um, you know, I sat down and I wrote it. And the first time I wrote it, it was like 100, I think it was like 136 pages, which is way too long for a script. So a good friend of mine, he's like, you've got to cut that down. And we cut it down to about 106 pages. And, uh, after several rewrites and some other stuff, um, then just started submitting it. And, and, um, and, uh, you know, I did hear back from a production company out in Los Angeles that they wanted to read it. So I sent it to them. Now, of course I haven't heard anything back, but that's kind of like par for the course, you know, they, they, they'll, they ask for it. And sometimes, uh, you know, they'll, it'll might go on a bookshelf and sit there forever before they read it, or maybe, you know, they'll be interested to look at it. But, 
Um, yeah, so now I'm kind of branching out in 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 both of them. Um, you know, like you do, I love to do shorts because you can you can, you know, it doesn't take nearly as long. Um, you know, sometimes, but uh, you know, the only difference is is in a short film you have to gather all your characters and everything else in your plot a lot quicker to tell the story because you know full length feature you can you can develop your characters you can give backstories and so forth um and like with my short films most of them range between about 10 minutes and 22 minutes so um but yeah i mean you know for me right now it, it, it's just it's writing both and and doing whatever i can just to get it out there and and um you know get it in the hands of you know people who want who, who like it and want to read it and and um you know the ideal thing would be to you know get a call and say hey look we want to make this movie what do we need to do and i'd be like let's make it you know so um and i've got my uh i've got my favorite cast that i you know it was funny because when i first wrote it i had pictures of like basically like three actors that i wanted to portray and then i was basically saying you know i'll let a casting director come out and and you know um find out whoever uh, whoever they wanted and when i wrote my first screenplay which is called walter um and it's a family movie too and if you look at today's genre there's not a lot of family movies out there you know there's you know, your horror movies, your dramas and so forth, your, your, you know, your superhero movies, but not, not something that you can take your whole entire family to. And this is what this film, this, this movie is about. And when I wrote it, um, I only had one person in mind to play the, to play Walter. And, you know, my friends are always like, oh, that, that's never going to happen. And I'm like, you know, and I'm, 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 I, I live in a world where everything's possible. You know, if, if you believe in yourself and you're positive and you surround yourself with great people, anything can happen. So um, Walter uh, is basically the only the only person who uh, who I would love to have play it would be Morgan Freeman, and then I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, the actor Ed Burns. Um, he's a phenomenal actor, great writer, great director. Um, I have him as 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 playing the father, and then I think uh, I also have it. There's a smaller role for a next door neighbor who lives next door to Walter. And um, it's it. There's two parts. So one is because I think she's absolutely incredible and probably one of the greatest actresses of all time. And also, I think because my wife knows that I've got a, a a big crush on her is is Helen Mirren has to play the next door neighbor. So it's just like you know, if I can get those three people on this film and get Ed Burns to direct it as well, um, I'm you know my life is complete as as as. I mean, I, I'd stop doing what I'm doing. I just sit back and just watch. So, you know, just to see to see Morgan Freeman say a line that I've written on a film or Helen Mirren or or Ed Burns and, you know, and then just be like, hey, I just want to sit on set and watch you guys do your magic would be like the greatest thing for me. Oh, definitely. Even even getting one of those actors would be. uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, just to hear Morgan Freeman speak will be enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's my whole thing i'm just like you know you know because a friend's like well, you know why morgan freeman i like why not morgan freeman i said this role is like basically written for him so um you know who knows you know like i said you know i always keep my fingers crossed i stay positive you know um and you know what they you know dreams do come true so we'll see what happens yeah and uh and and talking of like writing writing films and um like obviously because you're portraying a story so where where do you get your ideas inspirations from is it from like everyday experiences or do you i don't know i'm it might sound weird but do you like dream about things and and you think actually that would be great in a movie like so where where does your kind of like inspiration come from in your ideas you know that, that's a great question and um thank you for that it's just 
you know, it's funny when you, when you talk about the dreaming aspect, because it was a couple of weeks ago, I literally had this dream about another screenplay I wanted to write. And I woke up and I told my wife and she's like, where did this come from? I said, I just had this dream about it. And next thing I know, I've got like a page of notes on it. What, you know, how I want the screenplay to screenplay to go. Uh, but you know, it is, it's some, sometimes it's something that comes to me in a dream. Sometimes it's just something that just, you know, pops up in my head where it's just like, wait a minute, I want to do a story about this. Some, a lot of times too, it's like, if I write a scene for class, I look at it and go, can I put this character or can I take this person and put them into a short film? Can I put them into a full length feature? Can I tell a story? And, um, you know, for me, the answer is yes. I mean, I, I did a short film called A Love Not Lost. Um, that actually's done very, very well on the um, on the short film circuit. And the character in there that that who plays who's one of the main characters, I'm actually taking his character and putting it um, basically the same character. I'm changing up his name, but putting him into an, uh, a full length feature that I'm already like 45 pages into. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you were to look at my website and, and you look at the genre of films, I mean, they they go from crime to family to dark comedy to to drama. So it's just like, I mean, it's almost less like I sometimes feel like my head's just a bunch of marbles and whatever marble pops out, it's going to something on it. All right, we're going to write a comedy today. And then next thing I know, I'm, I'm coming up with something. But like for me, I've only done two comedies and comedy for me, you know, comedy is really tough to write. You know, um, you know, and I say that for me, because it's like if you if you have a movie and people go to watch it and, you know, you, you put in, well, this is where the audience laughs and they don't laugh. Then it's just like, man, you know, it, it, it didn't do as well as I thought it was going to do. Yeah, so. no, definitely. And um, you are currently filming um, and directing something at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. One of well, I'll let you announce announce the film. But um, it's another short short film. It's about um, I'm, I'm obviously reading off, off the computer here, so you know, I won't beat around the bush. It, it writes a story about a young woman's strength, bravery, and the will to follow her heart. Um, mm -hmm. It sounds like it's kind of an empowerment, um, you know, to give women to to you know, follow their dreams, um, so to speak. Um, I know I'm kind of going to step outside this boundary at the moment, but if you're kind of directing it, did you write that as well? Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. Um, would you ever think about doing a man's point of view as well? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing with, um, and, and this one was just kind of, it just, it, it kind of came to me one day. So, um, you know, for, for your, for the, your listening audience, the movie is called my journey to me. And basically what the story is, it's, it's about a, uh, girl in her mid twenties, late twenties, who finally decides to come out and, you know, um, and she has to deal with, of course, telling her family, but also the person who she, who, who she's always, wanted to be with there's a, there's an incident where she's always wanted to come out but she's wanted to come out almost like not on her terms but in but kind of like in a more romantic type way and what happens to her is not the way she wants it to wants it to play out and um it's 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 really it's you know if anything it's just a love story you know because i had a friend of mine he's like you know why are you why are you writing about a uh a story about a, a girl who comes out and I'm like 
well, one, why not? And I said, two, I said, it's a love story. And, you know, to me, it, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, if you're straight, if you're bi, if you're transgender or anything, it's, everybody deserves to feel what it's like to be in love. And, you know, this is a story where, you know, I, I just think it just, you know, it tells the story of how this girl went through everything and, you know, how, how the struggle she had and, and how things turn out for her. Yeah. And that was kind of, sorry, the answer sorry, that. Simon, because if I, if I don't answer this question, I will forget. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you, do you find it hard though to, um, obviously with short films especially the film that you're describing now about a young woman coming out and it hasn't gone to plan do you find it hard to capture all of that emotion within 10 to 10 to 22 minutes of of writing it because it's a lot of emotion like literally i've, I've noticed with short films because believe it or not i i actually studied film uh, whilst um after school and into college and stuff and I notice with short films is it has to grip you straight away. And if it doesn't grip you straight away, people lose interest straight away. Yeah. Because I think the third, the first 30 seconds, it has to grip you straight away. So how do, how do you incorporate all of, all of that emotion, all of the sensitive subjects in such a short time to actually capture your audience? Um. You know, it, it's, it, it, it really all comes down to the writing aspect of it. You know, it's, it's you know, because once you get ready to film, you know what's going to take place. So it's just like you, you have you have to you've got to throw something at them where it's just like you said that because you have a short window of time, it's not like an hour and a half movie where you can build up to it. It's just like you 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 kind of got to cram some stuff in there. But um, you also you also have to it's almost like a, you know, like a like a a great bottle of wine, you've got to let it breathe a little bit, you know, before you, cause you don't want to just like start your movie off and then, you know, boom, okay, there's this massive scene. And then it's like, well, that kind of just explains everything. But so you, you know, it's like you have kind of like, for me, it's like you have smaller windows. You've got a little bit of a lead up window. Then you have your altercation or whatever, whatever it is. And then from there you can break down and, and try to capture as, 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 as much emotion as you possibly can. Um, and, you know, and the fun and the thing about this one was, um, you know, anytime where I kind of try to tackle something where it's it's more, you know, not so much just like a, uh, a fictional story. Um, and even sometimes if it is, I always want to do my homework on certain things. You know, I, I've done a couple um, crime short films. I'm in the um, process of writing a, a full length feature based off of both of my uh, short films, Rookies and A Family Matter, because the same characters in it. Um, and I had talked to a, a neighbor who used to work for the uh, um, police department and when, you know, because when I was wanted to shoot scenes, I wanted to shoot them right. I didn't want it to be like, you know, oh, that would never happen. They don't that, you know, police wouldn't do that, whatever. And with this one, you know, I, I have a good uh, friend of mine who's an actor and uh, he's gay and I wanted to get his take on it. So before even even after I wrote it, you know, because sometimes, you know, you watch films and they put that little Hollywood ish like you know salt and pepper on it where it's just like man that's not really you know is that really you know it's you know it's, it's hollywood or whatever and you know I, I i actually reached out to him and he was excited to read it i took him to dinner and i just said like i want you to read it and when you get done i said just let's just sit and talk about it and when he got through he just kind of looked at me and he said like john this is really really good and he said there's a lot of 
words and scenes in this film that even I went through before I came out. You know, it's, you know, it, you know, one of the things he told me is like, I can't tell you how many times I was told this is just a phase. And when he said that, I'm like going, you haven't got even to page 30 yet. And it, that's one of the lines is, you know, is this a phase or will they grow out of it? So, you know, I, I wanted I wanted to make it, you know, as, you know, believable and I wanted to make it real. And that's kind of why, you know, I, I, I reached out to him and he, you know, he, he was so great from a support standpoint as well, saying, you know, hey, yeah, it's really good. And then when we had our, our table read with our entire cast, none of them had ever read it. And actually I had two actors who came in and they were, you know, they didn't even know what it was about basically. But when, when they came in and they learned about it, um, and when we got done with the table read, um, they were all like, you know, John, this is beautiful. So it's, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, fingers crossed, you know, uh, you know, I hope everybody likes it. And, um, you know, um, you know, my message is, you know, because I had a friend who said, you know, what's your message on this film? I said, you know, of course, the great thing about being in love, but on top of that, it's just like, you know, who knows, maybe, you know, someone's struggling with the fact that, you know, they don't know how to come out or, you know, what, what to say or what to do. And maybe this will give, you know, to see, see this film, they, it gives them the courage. Hey, you know what? I'm going to live my life. And it's, you know, this is my journey. And, you know, I, I, for me and my life is, is to be happy and I'm going to do whatever I can to make myself happy. See, now we've spoke about mental health on this show a hell of a lot um, in, in the early days of this show, like mental health with men. And me and Simon personally have opened up on the show for everybody to hear. And um, it's such a massive stigma when it comes to men and men shouldn't feel this way. Men aren't allowed to cry. Men aren't allowed to do this. And men are meant to be strong. We're meant to be the powerful force right we're meant to be the driving force behind everything have you ever considered maybe covering that in a in a short movie just because the only reason i say that is because it is such a stigma and i, th I think people need to just be aware it's more of awareness more than anything it's so like essentially it would be like an awareness movie just to see what kind of struggle that men go through regarding mental health because let's be fair has men nobody the men don't like to talk about their feelings at all mm -hmm. um, because they don't want to show weakness they don't want to they don't want to portray themselves to be weak so I think I think it could be quite an interesting short film um, especially if you're cramming it all into 20 minutes um, because I think there could be possibly like a real story to tell so have you ever thought about maybe like I don't know like writing something really hard hitting to like to hit you straight in the face straight away and to actually make people like sit up and think shit actually men actually think like that men men go through crap as well <laughs> yeah you know it's it's it, it and that's definitely that's something you know that's been on my radar for a while um because because it is it's, it's exactly like you say there are so many people i don't say people but you know it's always you know men aren't allowed to like you said men aren't allowed to cry they, they, they you know they, they 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 can have a soft side but you know when it comes down to it you know it's 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 not really you know people look at it as you know oh this guy's soft or whatever you know he's just he's too emotional he's too this he's too that i'll be the first one to tell you i cry like a baby and i cry i mean i'll watch a commercial and i'll cry if, if it hits me right because it's just like one of those things where it's just like you know, how, how do you not watch this? I mean, there's movies I won't even watch with my wife because I know that I'm going to start bawling and I'll sit in, my, in in our back room and I'll watch it myself. But um, it's, you know, it is, it, it's, it's, it's definitely something that I've thought about because, um, 
you know, it, it's, it's like you said, it, it's, it's something that's out there, but, but like for me, it's almost like I would rather, rather than do it in a short, do it almost like in a full length feature and really kind of hit the different avenues. Cause that then, then what it does, it also allows you as a writer and an, as an actor to explore all that stuff. And it's like, all right, well, this guy's going through this. How does his friends react? And, you know, you can go, you then, then all of a sudden you start throwing backstories of his friends that maybe one's in a great marriage or relationship, or maybe one's, you know, his wife's cheating on him and he, you know, he goes home every night and he cries or whatever, you know, I mean, there, there's so, there's so many things. And, and it's just, you know, that's the great thing about writing is that you've got, you know, there's, there's so many stories that, that, that are out there and there's so many stories that need to be told. And, you know, when, anytime, you know, when a writer attacks that and, and decides, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to write this and so forth. You know, I, I always, I always encourage that because it's, you know, it's, it's, for people to tell their stories and you know um and it's just like you said you know everything that's going on with mental health and everything else it's it's it, it's to have something be told you don't know that might even help someone down the road and if and if and if that can do that my gosh i mean think think about how 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 great how great that would be mm. You mentioned earlier on that you're a school teacher as well. Um, I don't know how you find the time to do everything, but um, <laughs> do you, do you t teach older kids or younger kids? Um, my next question. Yeah, I have. I have, I teach kindergarten, um, five year olds all the way up to eighth grade, which is like thirteen and fourteen. And like right now, my eighth graders, since they're our kids get out in about three more weeks, um, and our eighth graders they get out in like a week and a half. So they're kind of like the big fish in the big pond right now. And sometimes they gotta you got to reel them back in a little bit. Cause it's just like, you know what, you haven't left school yet, but um, you know, it, it, it's, it's been a great run. Cause I've, I've been at the same school for uh, 26 and a half years now. And um, it, it's, it's, you know, you've been there a long time when you've had kids in kindergarten whose kids are now there and you're, and you're teaching them. So it's just like, yeah, yeah. I feel very, very old a lot of times. So just on the back of that as well, do you uh, kind of, get some inspiration out of kind of your teaching role um you know so the imagination of young kids that they have uh do you kind of use that and bottle that up and you know put it into a short story as well have you ever kind of used their imagination to help you yeah you know it's funny because like you know sometimes kids i mean some of the things they say you know it's just like i'll sit there and like i i need to use that in a movie can i use that in a movie you know but i mean i haven't written anything you know, based off of anything, you know, from, from a school aspect or anything, but there's, you know, um, but, but, you know, it's always, you, you, there's always things down the road or, or, you know, that stuff that, uh, you know, um, that, that comes up, but, but I will tell you one thing is like one of my friends said, you know, you, you guys, do you ever think you're, you know, you're going to retire? And I said, you know, one of the great things about teaching kids is you can wake up and have a bad day you know, you, you're stuck in traffic or you're late or whatever. And it just takes one kid just to say something to you that makes you smile where you realize, you know what, my day's not nearly as bad as what I thought it is. I mean, you know, there's one day I came up and, um, you know, uh, one of the kids said something and it just made me laugh. And, 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 and I'm like going, what was I so stressed out about, you know? And we have uh, at our school now we do a, on Fridays, we have, you know, we always have school announcements, but we do a broadcast and the kids, um, we have our, our, our kids come in and, and they do like a broadcast and, and 
you know, the, all the kids can see them on the TVs and stuff. And we had some um, little first and second graders come in one day and they knocked it out of the park to the point where it's like now the entire school wants the littles, we call them the littles, they, come, they want the littles to come in and do the news and the sports and the weather because it's there's so much more, you know, enthusiastic about it. And they come out and they tell jokes and it's just, it's, it's, it's a great time. And, it, and, and it's just, you know, I, I, you know, I love what I do, um, but, you know, it's just um, to, to, to be stressed out and walk into work and, and, you know, have have a kid say something that just makes you crack up or makes you laugh or, you know, it's, it's just, you, you really think back that your day's not really as bad as it is. And this, this is kind of leading on for that question as well. You were a professional wrestler. Uh, are we talking? Yeah, we, we, WWE? Let, let's bypass that. Can we bypass that one? <laughs> no, no, no. Let's talk about I think, it. I think, I think, so, I think that, I think that was a typo. <laughs> no, I don't think that. Is that, I mean, it's a big typo to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I was for about a year and a half. Yeah. And it was, it was an independent um, organization um, that a friend of mine started. And, um, and it was funny because we started out just um, wanting to uh, raise some money um, for, I can't remember what it was, um, but he had put this thing together at, at a school, which I, I don't know what the, the fun was, but we, but he asked me, cause we were both like big time wrestling fans. I mean, ever since I was a kid and um, he wanted to put on a show at a school. And, and so, you know, we just started taking lessons and had a, we were taught by a guy down here in, in Texas. And um, then uh, started, you know, he would have different events at different places. And it was funny. Cause like one, one night we'd be in a high school and there'd be like, 500 people in there and then next week he goes hey we're we're wrestling at a roller rink and i go in there and there's like four chairs with two people in there and i'm like and i'm like well this match is going to go real quick he goes yeah he goes just hit me in the head and i'll fall you know and then pin me and i'm just like you know so um but i mean it was fun it's you know I, i've always been a big huge huge wrestling fan ever since i was a kid um and, and love it and you know I, I still watch it today you know to me i always look at it it's a guy soap opera um, you know, and it's just, uh, it's, it's, it, it's fun to watch. And it's just, um, it was funny cause I had taken my wife, um, to an event they had here in Dallas. Um, uh, it was like a Monday night raw and we had some friends who had a box at the stadium. So we went and we all took our wives and it was so funny cause my wife got so hooked on it. I mean, we, she was just like staring at it. And then the next, that was like on a, I think it was like a, that was Monday night. And then the following Monday at seven o'clock, she's sitting in front of the couch with WWE, uh, WWE on watching it going, you know, I'm like, oh my God. And she's texting her friend who she went with and say, Hey, are you watching? I'm like, oh my God, what have I created? So, um, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, I mean, those guys are amazing too. I mean, you know, it's just, um, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. I, I did, I did enjoy it. So, John, apart from wrapping up um, your latest um, short film, um, what's what's coming up next for for you after after your film? After a film, um, well, I've got another. I've got another. Um, I've got another short film coming out. Um, it's a micro short, which is uh, probably be under about five minutes, um, and we'll shoot that when we get done there. That it's called Scars. It's a comedy. Um, and, um, then it's just, you know, just continue to write. Um, you know, I've got, uh, like I said, I've got two more couple screenplays I'm working on. I want to finish up. Um, and then just, you know, anytime I get an opportunity to, um, 
to audition and, you know, go out and book a role or, you know, um, whatever I can to, you know, help work on my acting, um, you know, uh, keep doing that. Cool stuff. And where can people find find your work? Let the people know where they can maybe get in contact with you or, or watch some of your movies. Yeah, so on my website, um, it's jdafilm.com. Um, it's got a it's got my bio on there. It's got a list of all my short films, the movie posters. It's got uh, footage from um, a lot of footage from different scenes of different movies. It's got my demo reel on there. I've got a commercial reel on there. It also ha- it also has one of my favorite short films on there, um, and it's called My Favorite Song, um, and it's about six and a half minutes long. Um, and then since I still have some films in, um, short film festivals, I won't put those on my website till after the, you know, the, the festivals get done and so forth. And then, um, also at John David Anthony actor, um, on Facebook. Um, and then Instagram is, uh, JDA film 34. What we will do, John, also we will add um, all those links onto this uh, video. So anyone that listening that wants to get in contact with John or to watch his um, short films and his long films, so not just all about the short. Um, look, John, it's been an absolute pleasure listening to you. Um, what we usually do, we usually just delve into somebody's life, and I'm so glad I brought up the wrestling because um, that's a really good <laughs> It's a really cool story about you and you and your wife because you know what I English football league over here. I'm trying to get my my partner into it. Um, not a chance. Not a chance. Yeah, good, luck, good luck. Good luck. Good luck with that. But um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, and um, we wish you all the best. And what we do. Thank you guys so much. We 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 stick around, so we we keep stalking you, and we keep uh, sharing a lot of your work that you do as well. So. Once again, um, that was John Anthony, and uh, he's an actor, writer, and director all the way from the States, um, and I've got a funny feeling that John will land uh, a big a big role soon, um, and hopefully he gets his wish to work with Morgan Freeman. But um, as we move on to the next interview, and thank you very much, John, but as we move thank on... Thank you guys so much. Yes, thank, thank you. you we move on to the next interview. We'll jam-packed tonight, and... Um, as I said, unfortunately, I was running late, so apologies for all that. But the show does go on, and as we say goodbye to John. So, our next guest. Um, look, what can I say? We, it's funny how we kind of met. Um, it was, I think it was through Instagram or Messenger or Facebook or something like that. Facebook, yeah. <laughs> Facebook. I messaged you and you messaged me back, basically. Wow. <laughs> so what as you well if you've been listening to our show for a couple of weeks now um we are broadening what we do um so we're reaching out to all different angles and tonight um our next guest she is a dj based in london and um look I'm quite excited about this interview because as you guys know if you've been listening to us from the start um, we are DJs as well, so um, I think this interview is going to flow quite smoothly. What do you reckon, Casper? Yeah, for sure, man. And it's the first ever female DJ. Which actually, it's the first DJ that we've ever had on the show as well. So we're just quite lucky that it's, it's a female DJ because three days <laughs> to 
mean, it's, it's, it's not great. I'd, I'd, I'd like to, I'm, I'm interested to see the different perspective of a female DJ to a male DJ, what they have to go through. Because I know as a DJ working gigs, you get so many people coming up to you, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and uh, yes, yeah, so I'm very intrigued to see how the female DJ deals with that sort of attention. So, so yeah, Alex, are you ready? Well, yeah. Um, should I start with introduction? <laughs> I mean, I mean, introducing yeah, myself. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so um, my name is Alexandra. I'm at the moment, I live in London, but I'm from Russia. I was born in St. Petersburg and I moved to the UK five years ago. Um, I I finished my A-level in Oxford and now I'm still a student. I'm studying Chinese um, in SOAS University in London. And um, I'm also doing DJing, but I, I started my first experience being a DJ start was in um, 2019. I started doing this in St. Petersburg and I got my first teacher there, but it wasn't that good as it's here in UK. <laughs> now that's awesome. And like Casper said, um, Lady DJs, oh, I'm going to call you Lady, and I said a lovely lady. Um, lady DJs, they have gotten a, a bit of a rough stick over the years. What I mean by that is that um, people seem to kind of had this stigmatism around, uh, you know, ladies shouldn't DJs. They, they shouldn't DJ at all. Um, how, how, at, at a gig, have you kind of been approached by anyone and said oh you know can I take over or have you had any like really really bad experiences okay well I want to start um with what happened to me in Russia as you know probably Russia is quite a conservative country and man is always a leader and for example women sometimes can be discriminated they get lower salaries, they have less opportunities to work, they're meant to be mothers. So um, I got my teacher, my DJ teacher, first DJ, DJ sorry, DJ teacher um, in St. Petersburg. And um, the first few lessons, he was quite nice, but we were moving quite slowly. I mean, he, did, he didn't teach me that much as my teachers did it here in the UK. So um, after I completed my first course with my Russian teacher, he was like, okay, so we are done. Have a lovely day. Nothing. Even though before that, we had a discussion um, how about my future gigs in St. In Petersburg. But he was like, um, I'm not sure that they, that they want, I mean, the clubs, they want female, female DJs. So I just, I was shocked because... I mean, I was taking classes, I was paying for you and you promised me uh, to, to get me into the clubs, to um, give me an opportunity to meet the promoters and etc. But I just heard this. So then I moved to, to London and I entered London Sound Academy, which is the world leading academy. This academy is just amazing. I love the teachers, I love the atmosphere, I love everything about this academy. Um, I learned so many things from there and it was so quick. So I basically, from the beginner, 
to Prague. It took me just three months, actually, I would say. <laughs> good. That's really good. Perfect. Um, so what type of music do you do you uh, like DJ? And have you always DJ DJed that style of music that you DJ now? Or did you start off on another genre? Okay, so uh, let's come back to my Russian teacher again. So um, again, and uh, as you said, stigma. Uh, usually, uh, women are not supposed to play techno, hard techno, or you know, dark music. And but I love dark music. I love techno a lot, and I mostly play techno now. Um, I, I really love Charlotte David uh, or Emily Lenz or Deborah Deluca, very famous techno DJs. But my Russian teacher, he was like, "No, you have to do deep house. Only deep house. It's easy. It's simple. And if you play deep house, it's not that vulgar." He said. He said vulgar because I would love to play techno. I don't know how why he found the connection between uh, the word vulgar and techno but anyways you, you know what i mean <laughs> so yeah now i'm happy about playing techno in london <laughs> yeah no definitely you mentioned before um you know uh, amy lee's uh all those female djs um look i follow a couple as well and what i've what I've found is that there's a positive and a negative with all the comments that are put on there. So um, on their feedback, sorry, Facebook account, the feedback um, some of those artists get are really, really positive. But the negative feedback is always around the dancing side of things. Now, to me, right, if you've kind of watched any of my I like to have a boogie. I like to dance behind the decks, um, but I don't go over the top. Now, watching some female DJs, um, and this is not from me, the dancing seems a lot more happening than the DJing itself. Um, I know with house, there's a lot of build-ups, there's a lot of intros, and there's a lot of endings, and in between, there's a lot of music as well. So I understand there's not much really to do in between. Um, but I reckon sometimes the dancing is a little bit over the top and you can get into the music, you can, you can really get into it. But when you're doing spins around, you know, turns and, and I'm not saying men DJs do it because um, they do. And you can you can watch you know some of the festivals that they get on top of the decks and they're fist pumping and things like that. But um, what's your thoughts about like dancing behind the decks? <laughs> That's super funny question to be honest. Yeah. Well, I love dancing when I'm DJing, but um, in my case, um, it's a bit different situation because um, I know you are saying that there is a it takes quite a long time to start making the transition between the tracks. But what I do, I use layering style sometimes. So yeah. basically I use three CDJs. Um, my teacher in London Sound Academy is super talented. He's a Japanese guy. Um, his um, name is Takahiko. Uh, he's also known as DJ Takaki. So he taught me a very, very nice technique. So basically we use several CDJs, we pick up 
from one track, we pick up buzz. From another track, we pick up, for example, the highest frequency and we mix it every like we mix everything together and we basically create our own melody by using four or even more cdjs so i don't really have a lot of time for dancing i know i i mix techno but still i i i had three four cdjs <laughs> i think I, I think you have to be a bit realistic uh charcoal that if you have a female dj in a club regardless like the manager of the club and the promoter of the club knows if there's a female dj there and she's shaking and she's dancing behind the decks sex sells mate and that's what gets men into the club do you know what i mean we have to be brutally honest mate because because that's exactly what it comes down to if you have an attractive dj a female dj behind the decks now this might be pig-headed of me but if you but if there is an attractive female dj that's automatically going to attract men and then men are going to spend money the club is making shit loads of money just because there's a, a, an attractive female dj do you know what i mean so i i, I kind of get it when when females do dance behind the decks because they have to they're playing music, yeah. Yeah, but, but that, 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 that but, but overshadows. But they have to put on a show as well, mate. Has a, has a male that, DJ that. But it now. Kind of, it, it kind of overshadows the talent, if you know what I mean. Because yeah, but, mate, but, mate, in, 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 in a realistic world, mate, you don't really need that much talent now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. You really don't. Like, let's be fair. Like, you, you don't. Like, for me, mate, if I go to a gig with you, I won't touch the decks. I'll be your hype man. I'm a better hype man than I am a DJ when it comes to live performances. Do you know what I'm saying? But if I have to get on the decks, I'll get on the decks, mate, and I'll be, I'll be throwing hands up and I'll be dancing and stuff like that because I feel like if a crowd can relate to the DJ, if the DJ's having a great time, the crowd's having a great time. Yeah, and kind of, I I go back to my original question about the um the way the response from people on Facebook and things like that there there are that negativity around you know I get what you're saying um, people are got to dance and you know if it's a lady dancing then it's going to sell a, a lot better so to speak but. Then you've got the other side of it where people like you and me, we want just to see the talent behind the decks, like their craft, so to speak. I don't want to go there to a show and see someone dancing behind the decks. I, I, I'd go to a dance show if I wanted that. Now, if I want to see talent as well as dancing, then I would, you know, I don't know. I I I look at Alex. Alex, what's your view? What's your view on on the whole situation? Yeah, what's your view? Actually, you know, you're saying that basically, um, when a woman is DJing, and that means basically dancing. It's not all the time like this. No. And actually, I had a very awkward situation uh, one month ago when I was playing. Um, I'm not gonna name the place just in case <laughs> um basically i was djing i was djing there and there were there was a guy and he just came to me came behind the desk the decks and started like touching me and forcing to come with him even though i was playing and at that time i was wearing black simple t-shirt nothing vulgar nothing open everything was black my jeans was black everything and 
he didn't mind. I mean, wow. <laughs> it can happen to anyone, you know. So I don't know. It just I get that, and it's kind of it's it's a question I ask. The reason why is because there is that negativity. Like if I saw a a guy de- dancing behind the decks, I'd probably say the same thing as if it's a, if it was a girl. I, I'd say, "Come on, mate. Look, I understand you got to fill the gap, but." I don't know. I DJ different. I, I DJ a lot of weddings, right? And I probably I probably won't get any more. But I don't really like it because you don't get to showcase your talent. Literally, um, no one's there to you know look what you're doing. They they want they just want to party. They just want to party, and that, and that's fine. And that's what weddings are like. But um, with me, I mix when I mix. Casper will know this. Literally, I mix probably under a minute for each track because I get bored. I, I just get bored, and that's the person that I am. And there's a lot of people out there that are probably like me that go, you know what? Cut the dancing. Just drop the next track in. Just drop it in. <laughs> and you have to appreciate that the DJ industry. It's okay turning up with some decks and some music, but they're paying you to put on a show. Regardless, whether it's music, whether it's you dancing or something, or whether it's you hyping the crowd, it, the job of the DJ is to give the crowd what they want and to have a really good time. That crowd needs to leave having the best night of their life. That's the DJ's job. That's what the DJ gets paid for. So in my experience, mate, yeah, have I acted like not an idiot behind the decks when, when I've DJed in big events? No, I haven't. But, mate, do I get on the mic a bit too much? Yes, I probably do because I'm, I'm trying to hype the crowd as well, has played the music that they want to play. We're in the DJ industry. This is my perspective of the, of the DJ industry. I'm an inactive DJ now, so I don't go out live gigging. I haven't done for, for many years. But if I had, but if I had to, then I could. It's not a problem. But has has a DJ, I think from my past experiences, mate, because I started DJing at a very young age. I started DJing in in like bars and clubs at like sixteen and seventeen. Look at me, mate. I'm I'm in my thirties and I'll probably look about forty odd. Do you know what I mean? So I always looked older than what I was. So I could get into these places, and and do what I needed to do, and. I tell you what, mate, the, the amount of female attention that I got just by playing music, really, when I first started, it was just all about the music, mate. But then I kind of learned the craft of, of entertainment. You have to entertain people. And whether that's getting on the mic, whether that's, um, I don't know, dancing or whatever, because I feel like if the crowd sees the DJ having a great time, they're going to reflect that. It's like a mirror image. Do you know what I mean? Like, t- let's say, for instance, I've been at some places where the geezer's been like five foot nothing, bald, fat, and just and, and just literally pressing play, and that's it, and flipping the crossfader. People don't like that, mate. No. People like a show. Like Do you know that. what I mean? Now, I don't know how you've been taught, Alex. Like, I, I don't know, like, at, at college, whether, whether your teachers have said to you, like, okay, it's all about the music, or do you learn the performance side of, of being a DJ as well? Um, no, actually, they just told me, be yourself and that's it. Do whatever you like, do whatever you think is right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, Alex, we talked about genres before. Um, I saw a um, little snippet that you dropped um, yeah, and you did a bit of dubstep. 
Now, (laughs) now dubstep, look, I tried dubstep. Um, and I actually really liked it when I, when it first came out. Um, I think the first track that, um, I remember for dubstep was Bauer. Is it Bauer? Is that how you pronounce it? Um, and they had like, um, it was, it was a big, big, big song. I can't remember the song, but anyway, uh, our listeners, the really musically knowledgeable listeners will know who Bauer is, um, in, in the dubstep industry. So, um, I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. Literally. There's too many different levels on, on dubstep and, um, literally like you don't have that time for, for long transitions, which is good. It's challenging. And dubstep was probably one of the hardest genres I've dealt with to try and transition. There are parts of it where you can look at, you know, whatever software you're looking in. Okay. There's, there's not too much happening there and just drop it in a track or there's other techniques to do that. But yeah, what was your thoughts on dubstep and did you like it or? (laughs) okay so um this is just that was a funny story um okay once when i was taking my course at lsa um i couldn't make it my teacher couldn't make it so i i had to change my teacher just for one class and i booked a a lesson with the amazing josie she's a dubstep dj and she showed me how to do dubstep uh, transition so we just mixed few tracks and we even mixed techno with dubstep that was crazy actually that was insane I really like the result but basically um, a few days ago I just wanted to have some fun I'm not a big fan of a dubstep but I was like why not to give it a try so I did and I was like okay I like Avicii I like Diplo so I like the result as well why not to post it <laughs> but no. how was it <laughs> tough though um yeah it was good it was good but like you can you can stick with dubstep but i won't touch it no more um oh, <laughs> what, what, what is your preferred i know you said techno before have you ever kind of delve into sorry casper have you ever kind of like delve into the slower stuff you know the lower bpms like your i don't know your hip-hop r&b uh, r&b is really really low but um yeah your hip-hop um, not none of these genres, but um, lower BPM can be found in drum and bass, uh, drum and bass, drum and bass. Sorry, I'm not sure how you pronounce it in English. Drum yeah, and bass, bass. Yeah. Anyways, you got me. So um, yeah, that's what I use for my layering style when I create my own music using several CDJs. Of course, there I can use lower BPM. What I do sometimes, uh, it's not necessarily what my teacher taught me. Uh, it's not necessarily to sing them. I mean, to have equal BPMs. For example, there is can be a melody without beats, right? And if you have drum and bass, bass and beats bass, okay, you can sing them and then just add a melody with 80 BPM and it's still going to sound good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's that's something. Sorry, guess <laughs> that's something that I've kind of not touched on. Um, the kind of instrumental with just the vocals, like trying to blend those two tracks, and that's something that I don't know. I haven't 
put together yet. I know, Casper, you have done some instrumentals with just vocals and, and try to do that that blend, but I don't know. I've just been watching a lot of TikTok videos and, and Instagram videos and a lot of people are remixing all the old tracks and, you know, just getting the instrumental and dropping a vocal on top of it. So I might delve into it. Sorry, Casper. No, that's fine. I was I was going to just ask Alex. Obviously, because you are a techno DJ, what do, what's your obviously that's your preferred genre to DJ. But what do you listen to when when you're at home and it's your downtime? And because I can't imagine it being like eight o'clock in the evening, and you're listening to like techno. <laughs> you must I do. <laughs> no, because I, I, I mean, I mean, some of us will listen to like Motown or some R and B. They like some softer music, but you're just kind of like, right? It's seven, eight o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock in the evening. Right? Let's put let's put on some techno. Is is that all you're into? Is literally techno? Well, okay. So um, basically, from this question comes another question um i force myself sometimes to listen commercial music why is that because the market wants it if you want to get gigs you need to play what people need and people want commercial music but i honestly don't like songs like you know despacito or i don't know what is the famous thing um i don't know katy perry i don't know i just don't like it and you know, for playing something to make the successful transitions, you need to know the track. So you have to listen them um, over and over again. And I'm just trying to force myself to listen to this sometimes, but I really, I honestly don't like it. I got a friend on Instagram as well. And um, he was like, I have a job for you. You can become a resident. Um, at the shortage bar but you need to play commercial so he gave he gave me his playlist and it was full of despacito style songs so that's what i'm trying to listen now <laughs> yeah i mean for me reggae, reggaeton is very very easy to mix because it's a constant beat and it's the same same, the same over and over and over again it doesn't matter what track it is it's just literally the same beat but I get it because like when 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 I was on the radio, I'd, I used to say like commercial music, people want to listen to commercial music on the radio. That's why we turn on the radio, because we like to listen to songs that that we can sing to, that we can relate with and everything like that. So I kind of get it like but 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 on the on the other hand of mixing commercial music now everything in the top four is dance music so you're looking at one 124 to 128 to 130 so it's very easy to transition like these tracks especially dance music oh my god it's so easy like you can literally mix it with your eyes closed you don't even have to <laughs> yeah. look at the scene you just have to listen to it and go yeah okay i can drop it there um but do you find it difficult like to kind of get gigs just because you're not into that kind of commercial commercial side of music because i guarantee because if you was into the commercial side i imagine a lot more doors would open up and and you'd be able to get a lot more gigs whether they pay it as well as obviously doing the techno side of things um i don't know but like have you ever thought about maybe just doing it <laughs> just for, just for extra, <laughs> and ex, extra money 
I know what I mean. Um, I agree with you. I have to do this for for the beginning of my DJ journey. Um, well, um, about the gigs, to be honest, it was quite easy. And it's easy if you play what people want. For example, one week ago, um, uh, one disco pub in Brighton, they wanted me to play there urgently because uh, their DJ was done and he couldn't make it. So they called me and they asked me to come. Even though I was in London, it was like, yeah, of course I can come, but they wanted commercial. And um, I was like, okay, I will prepare commercial. But you know, my commercial was, was not um, like that commercial, wasn't that much vulgar because they won like rap with, rap, mixed rap with pop and etc. I suggested them just melodic uh, deep house. It's my mini, it's, it was like my maximum because I just cannot play what I don't like. And I sat down my mixtape, um, which I recorded within 30 minutes that they gave me. I said, I can do this. I can record a set for you on my controller and send you and then you can check and we can like figure the things out. And they said, no, we need commercial. And um, again, another club, they refused me because they just don't like my music. So now I'm really working on creating, building up my playlist full of commercial songs. <laughs> I mean, me and me and Simon, we can definitely help you with that. That's not a problem. <laughs> that's that's definitely not a problem. Like I can oh, send you, know you over. I can send you over two thousand tracks now. <laughs> it's not right. a problem. Deal. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> of like the latest commercial music, like for, for me, but but I get it because like especially like in Brighton, it's a seaside resort, and even some clubs in London, they they prefer commercial music because because they know people can relate to it now obviously you on the techno side there's going to be specific clubs for specific music so obviously you target the the techno side of of things but obviously like we just touched on it kind of limits where you can go and 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 the, the amount of money that you could potentially make just because you're kind of not acceptable um for the club because you don't play commercial music but maybe it, it is a good idea to just practice and <laughs> literally practice. Yeah, just practice yeah. with commercial dance music because that's enough for most clubs nowadays. And you just have to chuck in some Ed Sheeran and and some hip hop rap music. That's <laughs> rubbish anyway nowadays. And you're set, like literally you're set, especially if you're only doing like a two hour set. What's, what's a two hour set? We, we're looking at 30 songs in two hours. It's kind of nothing really. You just have to pick the right songs. Third, no, I would say 30 songs is not, um, it's not enough for two hours, especially for commercial, modern commercial music like at Sharon, because you need to make transition in the right point. Otherwise, you just, well, screw, screw up the whole set if your transition won't be smooth. So you need to, like, usually it's like in the middle of the track or not not in the end you know what i mean <laughs> for me it's it's about 16 beats in for me that's my transition because i get bored too easy but um oh, yeah. do you count them like do you every time count them I mean, I like the bars i do, I do. Now, simon simon software counts it for him <laughs> <laughs> get lost get lost anyway um 
you you kind of let something slip to us um, outside of this interview that you are heading over to France to DJ um, soon. So is this your kind of first gig? I would, I would, well, yeah, abroad, so overseas. Well, no, because I had gigs in Russia. <laughs> in London. <laughs> yeah, uh, since I'm in London, yeah. But um, basically, my, uh, of course, yeah, I'm still going to that one in Paris. Um, but um, I got some bad news for myself. Uh, my visa, because I'm Russian, I need visa for traveling around Europe. So I got my visa today and it's only for one month. And I had a lot of plans and... I've been planning to, I mean, I had a promoter and we were talking about me going to Switzerland this summer and Amsterdam, but I need Schengen visa and I need to reapply again, but there are no available slots anymore <laughs> till July, till the end of July. So my plans are kind of screwed up. Talking of Switzerland, we're actually, me and Simon are actually going to Switzerland in four weeks time. Really? Oh my God, yeah. which city? <laughs> Geneva it's where all the clubs yeah we're, uh, we're not going to Geneva no it's it's kind of like a small part of Switzerland right it's called Bern oh Bern um, I know that yeah yeah yeah. I've been there yeah. a long time ago <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where we're going I have no idea what to expect or what it's like um, you I don't love even know, it I don't even know where we're flying into Simon oh Basel is it Basel 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 Basel, Basel. Basel. yeah Basel Hey, it was quite funny. This is a little candid conversation that we had off air last week. And I turned around to Casper and I said, uh, what language do they speak in Switzerland? And he said, well, it's Swiss. And I went, I didn't know there was language called Swiss. Anyway, we we spent like five minutes Googling it. And um, he, Casper just pissed himself laughing because he, he thought that was such a dumb question. And I went, well, not really, because uh, the the language over there is French, it's Italian, it's German, German. German. Yeah, yeah. It's, ev- it's everything. So, um, so yeah. when we fly over to Switzerland, everything that I'm going to post on Facebook, I'm just going to hashtag it saying fucked. Hashtag fucked. Why? Because, I, mate, I'll have to use Google Translate for two days. That's a pain in the ass. But they speak English there, everywhere. Yeah, but what about if you approach someone? What about if you approach someone and they don't speak any English? I'd have they to say do. Google. I think everyone. <laughs> this is how naive I am to Switzerland. Like I just know that they have a half decent football team. That's it. Like, oh <laughs> that my gosh! I thought I was bad at asking questions. Anyway, Alex, um, have you kind of thought about getting into the production side of things, um, like producing your own kind of music? And then DJ, because I, I know a lot of DJs are doing that now. Um, well, not now. They're, they're, it's <laughs> becoming very, very popular though. So have you ever thought of kind of producing your own, and especially techno as well? Well, I want to start with, um, I'm actually a pianist. I've been playing piano for eight years, so I definitely will make something by myself. Uh, but now, um, I don't know if you can call it music production, what I mentioned earlier is just like layering style. It's also some kind of creative, um, I would call it 
actually music production still even if you don't even if you don't call it like this because you can just add whatever you want there and you can make your own melody and then after you record your track you can go to fiel studio is like the most basic um production software music production software yeah and just can add something there as well that's what i'm learning now <laughs> i'm learning how to use fiel studio i've got another question sorry yeah. <laughs> i'll leave i'll leave now we get, well. a lot of, we get a lot of unsigned artists on this show and um when i'm in unsigned artists kind of musical musically gifted artists and um they find it hard for um, their music to get heard on a broader spectrum. So um, have you kind of been approached by any kind of unsigned artists or, or music artists to, to play their music in your sets? Yeah, um, it's actually another DJ, but he's a beat maker as well. Um, is my acquaintance. Uh, we were studying together and he's also a DJ and he was, he's a quite successful DJ. He, there is a Korean, very, very famous Korean uh, boy band uh, known as EXO, like, you know, K-pop and other stuff. So he created um, a beat bass for them. And when you can listen one of their, tra their songs, the EXO band songs, you can hear in the beginning of their song how they say his dj nickname and when he told me that i was quite shocked and surprised because he was like such a shy guy but he's a great man in the same time he's uh, so talented you know yeah i mean you gotta watch out for the quiet ones the quiet ones are the sneakiest ones right if you're quiet then all of a sudden you put them in the right environment and then they just come alive, don't they? They literally... Just... You've gone somewhere else with that. <laughs> no, why do you think I was going with it? You thought I was going to say something rude, wouldn't you? You just thought I was going to say not something rude. rude. No, not rude at all. I'm just... I didn't think you'd finish off that sentence the way you did, but... <laughs> How did you think I was going to finish it off? Well, I thought you were going to take the piss out of me or something like that. Oh no! I I I just I'll do that anyway, mate. I don't need to a build up for it or anything like that. So, so Alex, so obviously, Alex, what's kind of like next for you? Like, what what, what are your plans? Like, I, I, like, do you plan on continue gigging in London, or when the visa gets sorted out, would you like to travel around the world? What's what's the dream? Okay, should I start with telling my summer plans? <laughs> yeah, go for it, yeah. Okay, so first of all, um, I'm going to uh, continue making my music and uh, I hope I will get more gigs. And I'm actually trying to get gigs in Dubai now because I have a promoter who is my friend in the same time. Uh, there was a funny story uh, how I met this guy. Um, maybe one, yeah, that was one month ago. Basically, I went to Dubai with my mother and sister. And they, in my hotel, there was like a Mexican restaurant. And um, that guy was managing there. He was like manager. And uh, they had a DJ booth there. And I was like, hey, do you want to have a look at my portfolio? And he was like, yeah, of course. And we had a nice conversation. We had a nice chat with him. And he was like, do you want to actually come and play 
whenever you are like in Dubai, just give me a call and we just put you in there and you can play at our place as much as you like. I was like, yeah, of course. So um, I don't need visa to come to Dubai. So probably that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> the summer in Dubai. I, I mean, I could think of worse. It's going to be too hot. Plus 40, you know, plus 50 sometimes. <laughs> DJ in an open space when it's plus 50 outside, I'm going to die. <laughs> No, no, I'm sure you'll be fine. Just don't do too much dancing because you'll definitely. Oh sweat. yeah. <laughs> you don't want to sweat yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be texting you. Come on, stop the dancing. <laughs> yeah, reminders. <laughs> no chance at all. So, guys, um, we are going to wrap the interview up with Alex, but we've got a pretty special announcement. So, for those who are watching online, <laughs> um, you would probably see. Uh, that I've just changed my background picture and um, I don't know if you can see that small screen uh, but it, it does say that Alex is um, going to be one of the hosts on the Chalk and Cheese show and we are mega excited for her to be on as well so um, it's three DJs in one house and <laughs> perfect I know and I dropped a massive I dropped a massive hint last week and I said What's the two, two plus one? And I don't think anybody actually got it. And I actually was dropping little hints on Facebook as well. I was saying, is there room for one more? And nobody actually got it. Like Nobody actually tweaked on that um, that, that we was going to introduce Alex as one of the uh, hosts of the Chalk and Cheese Show. I'm very excited. And I think the guests that we actually have on are going to be very excited. Instead of talking to two, two old men, they can talk to... <laughs> A very attractive female now. <laughs> Making me shy, guys. <laughs> no, definitely. And you know what? It's not all about attraction. It's about, um, you know, the way you come across. And, and, and tonight was a little bit of a mini interview, um, so to speak. And you passed, sorry. So you do get that badge to go um, with you as well. So Alex is going to be joining the show next week and we've got a pretty big lineup for next week. So we've got a comedian on the show and we've got a couple of um, artists as well. So some music artists, we got some R&B artists. Sorry, Alex, we got no techno people at them uh, um, next week. I will get you some. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So Alex is going to be helping us um, behind the scenes as well. And, um, you know, she can bring that uh, lady's perspective on things as well or try and calm us two down um, yeah. while obviously becoming a, a valuable team member to us. So that's pretty much all from me tonight. Um, what we usually do, for those who know the show, um, I say a little spiel and then Casper finishes off the show. And um, yeah, but we'll let Alex have a little bit of a mention at the end of the show. I think, I think we should let Alex finish off the show. I okay. <laughs> let me try. Let me, so, um, let me finish. So would, oh, go on, mate. Go on. Sorry. You guys speaking in the same time, can you hear? Yeah, I know. Look, we've got a little code that we usually do, but I'm doing it tonight, but Casper's kind of forgotten. Sorry, mate. Oh, he looks really, really grumpy right now. Are you okay? No, no, no. Sorry, mate. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm on Instagram. I'm checking messages as we're live, man. Sorry. Oh, look, 
I'm really sorry uh, to all our people that are watching on Facebook, Instagram. Um, we welcome your comments. Thank you for joining us tonight. And you know we'll be sharing the absolute shit out of this after. Um, so, yeah, you've been listening to the Chalk and Cheese Show. Make sure you give us a follow on Instagram and also Facebook. And we are now live on Apple Podcast. Uh, we're on Amazon Podcast. We're on Anchor FM. And there's one more, Google. Google as well. So uh, make sure you check out our shows. We, we're special. We are special. So stick around with us and uh, enjoy the journey. You have been listening to DJ Charcoal tonight. It's Huru from The Guru and I'm signing off. And uh, just to add a massive thank you to our two wonderful guests, we had John Anthony all the way from the USA um, join us, actor, producer, and screenwriter. So be sure to check out his website um, and hit him up for any of the acting gigs that you have. And obviously, a massive thank you to Alex, um, the superstar techno DJ, all the way from Russia, but currently residing in London. And on that note, um, that is good night from myself, DJ Casper and Alex, if you'd like to end us. Am I supposed to say something? <laughs> we'll we'll work on that bit we'll work, we'll work on that bit um but you know, it's been an absolute pleasure having you alex on the show and you know we want you back next week you're coming back anyway so there. oh yeah yeah of course i want to say something from myself good thank you so much for allowing me to become a part of your team I'm super excited to participate and I promise I will bring some new and creative and interesting and talented people into the show. Yes. And thank you guys for watching us. Brilliant. That, Look, um, that note, good night from the Chalk and Cheese Show from myself, DJ Caspar, DJ Charcoal, and of course, DJ Alex, the third and final member of the Chalk and Cheese Show. Until next week, guys, take care and we will see you next Wednesday, half past eight on the dot Facebook Live. Peace.